Today on the Ave Podcast, I'm joined by the animated series creator and owner of Trash to Peace Theater. In his words, his words, toxic tales from a former fuckboy <laughs> and the Trash Adjacent Podcast, the one and only vision poet. He comes on and shares his path on how the surging animated series got started, how his hometown of Philadelphia shaped his content, how the musical and artistic influences influenced his life as a poet and content creator. Plus, we discuss the infamous Maya story, the Wendy Williams pettiness. And, and, and you know what? Just listen to this one. It's a good one. I guarantee it. Like Pepsi. I guarantee it. I stand by this episode like Denzel Washington did with his blue magic and American Gangster. See, y- y'all got me quoting movie references and everything. But I promise you, you'll love this one. All right. Check out my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you like, rate, review and subscribe. Make sure you leave comments, show love if you love it. Even if you don't, share your thoughts and click on the five stars. And I know I constantly joke about my five star loving, but in all seriousness, it, it helps to, to grow South Sharav overall by you just spending the 3.5 seconds to click on those five stars. And I'm being nice because it actually takes about a second or two max. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're far too kind. And as always, check out my website over at SouthShareAve.com for all of my episodes and past work. Once again, that's SouthShareAve.com. It's the Ave Podcast of Cal C on South Shore Ave Radio. The Book of the Galatians states that you listeneth to with this episode noweth. Yeah, like, like now. Welcome to the Ave Podcast with Cal C on South Shore Ave Radio. Welcome to the Ave Podcast. Uh, my name is Kyle C, and I'm joined by a special guest right now. He's a six foot seven poet from Philly. <laughs> Hope I got the height right. You got it. Um, that is the owner of one of the funniest and entertaining animated series on the internet, which is based upon the unpacking of his life. He's an American Black Film Festival Award winner, the self-proclaimed ratchet whispering, elite hug giving, and most importantly. <laughs> the owner and creator of Trash to Peace Theater and host of the Trash Adjacent Podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Perry. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this correctly. Di Virgilio? Di Virgilio, yeah, yeah, close enough. You got it, yeah. Better known as uh, Vision the Poet. How you doing today, sir? I'm happy to be here. Everything is good, man. All things are good right now. No, man, thank you. I, I, I got to make sure I get your name right, man. Your name is your name, like Marlo. Yeah, right? I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Trust me, I, I mean, I've had it for a long time, and I've, I've heard people, you were close. You were right there. You know, okay. you just add a little extra seasoning to it. You was right there, though. Yeah, man, it's, just, it's missing the paprika. It's missing the paprika. That, that, that's all. That's it. You good, though. It's, all, it's good. It's good. <laughs> but, bro, man, I'm interviewing you at, at the perfect time right now because your, your city's on fire. Oh uh, yeah, the Eagles about to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You got a black quarterback leading y'all. Yeah, did you, did you guys just win the World Series? Now nah, we, we were in the World Series, but also like you know, uh, Quest Love just won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Quinta racked up with the uh, with the Emmys this year oh, with yep. uh, Abbott Elementary. That's right, she's from Philly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. she's from West Philly. Oh uh, shit, you know, despite what happened with you know the 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 the, the crazy stuff that happened during, but Will Smith won a won uh, for best you know you know. I, it's a shame that thing overshadowed it. it really he also did. won his first, uh, you know, best actor. Yeah. So you know, it's it's you know, Philly. Philly is a good. It's a good time right now to be from Philly, it's, it's and, a, it, and it goes in. It goes in 
ebbs and flows like that being from Philly. Like we have our time and it kind of fades and then we come back and when it mm-hmm. fades. So it's we 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 up right now. Yeah, yeah, you definitely up right now. And 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 the Sixers, they balled a little bit too. Embiid, Harden. Yeah. You know, Embiid is uh Embiid, like listen, I know y'all keep giving this damn MVP to Jokic, but let me let me tell you, let me show you who I am. Listen, man, I, I listen, I, I love Joker, but yeah. Man, I've, I've been rooting for Embiid the last two yeah. years, personally, myself. They're doing good, man. I think they're about like 20, 25 and 4 over the last, you know, yeah. close 30, something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and he killed Joker last time, too. When they, oh, man. Just now. Yeah. He, so I know the city was him. like. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good time right now. I can't nah, even man. lie. It's a good time. <laughs> it's definitely up. We're about to have a parade, man. Black QB, too. I, I, I Listen, man. From, 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 um, Victor to Cunningham, man. This would be great yeah. for the city to see a black quarterback do it. It'd be lovely. Facts. And they still are, you know, whether it's Vic, uh, Randall, or Donovan. Donovan. Sure. Like, they all Donovan. still are very, you know, they're Eagles at heart. You know, they, they all still kind of cheer for the Eagles. And, you know, like, and, and all, all three are like, those three, they're, they're, they're solidified in Philly. Oh, for like, sure. Solidified. Like, they, they ain't never got to buy a drink or a meal in this city again. Like, they've given us so many great memories. <laughs> I know. How I forget Donovan McNabb, man. That, yeah. that, was, that was my guy, too, back in the, back in the day, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, they said the city's up, man. It's, it's great. Y- y'all beat my Niners, unfortunately, man. I, it hurt my heart. It hurt my heart real bad. But the, the, the thing is, like, the Niners is one of those teams that I used to, I, I'm a Notre Dame fan. So, Joe Montana was my guy back in okay. the day. So, I used to root for the, for the 49ers back in the day. Like, okay. So I always say I want to see the 49ers win, except the times they play my Eagles. Other than that, I, like I'm, I cheer, I cheer for the Niners. I like you know them. what? That's that's how I felt about this game too when they yeah. played. I was like, I like the Eagles. I said I can't hate. I said I really like the Eagles. It's just not not on Sunday, but yeah, yeah. You know, that's but how not, it is. That's healthy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's I'm like yeah. that with the Lions too because of Barry Sanders back in the day. I still want to see the Lions win because I used to love Barry I Sanders. Know, I know people forget how, how disgusting that guy he was. was outrageous. Yeah. Just just disgusting. But, you know, I just want to get into this real quick. I, you know how life works. We always see the finished product of, of, of you know, things, and we get entertained by the content. But everything is always, you know, it, it, it has, a, it has a, like a starting point. So for you, yeah. where did this all begin? Like, what, was this something that you, you always wanted to do, or nah. did the idea just drop in your lap one day and everything was, just far from there? It was so organic. Um, like, like my friends will tell you any every almost all the stories on Trash the Peace I've like told on road trips or mm-hmm. on the corner or something like like, like my friends know like this the, the stories they hear are nothing new. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was um like to be honest, if I'm being frank, I was like really depressed. I was like in the house had I, I had just like was going through like a um recovering from a really bad breakup, mm. and like I would I didn't ever want to leave the house. Like I was just I was on that type of time. Okay. Um. And I started tight. I started uh, telling us the story about how I had. A, I mentioned I had a stalker. And I think she still might be my stalker. That's what I said in my in the story. And people was like, "Yo, you got like you, you can't just like I, I typed this out on my Instagram story." And people was like, "You can't just say that. You got to tell the story." So I, I sat there and I told this story like slide by slide on my Instagram story. Um, and people were like, you know, leaving comments and laughing. And I was like, the sad part is that wasn't my only stalker. And he's like, "Well, you got to tell that story too." So I'm like, "All right, I do that next week." So the next week I told that story. The following week I told the Maya Wendy Williams story. And week after week after week on my Instagram um, slides, like on my Instagram story, just like 50, 60 slides of just text. And people would tune in every Saturday at noon and it went on for Ooh. 50 weeks in a row. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, like while I was, you know, maybe 30 or so episodes, then I, I hit up a friend of mine who was a poet, but also a, um, a TV producer. Okay. And I was like, I think I'm onto something. 
Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, you know, well, let's let's do it. And then COVID crept in. And so that, you know, we were going to try to do a live action, um, mm-hmm. but it didn't work because COVID crept in. I'm like, well, you right. know, I'm going to teach myself how to enemy. So I got a bunch of um, free trials because I was broke as hell at the time. I just took free trial after free trial of different animation suites mm-hmm. and taught myself how to animate. And a friend gave me a microphone because I was like doing my my first audios into like a, my Beats headphone microphone. And it yeah, was yeah, yeah. Crash. So it's like people donated microphones and stuff. And I just like over, over time, just developed the stories into like animation to like bring them to life. That's crazy. So, so how did, in this case, like how did Philly shape you? How did the city, I know we're talking about yeah. the city of Philly. How did, how did this shape you? Like for people who didn't grow up in Philadelphia, like what's, what's the characteristics that make Philly Philly? In, in I always this case? say, I always say um, there are three non, um, like non-living characters in trash piece. One of them is Philly. The oh, other is the era, like the late '90s, early 2000s. 2000s. That in itself is a, is a, um, is a, is a character. And then I say the music, the music Absolutely. of the time yeah. is another character. Philly is really um, like super blue collar, gritty, um, hyper aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like we always feel like we have something to prove because we kind of are in New York shadow. Like New York is ninety miles, is, is two hours north. DC is two and a half hours south. So a lot of times people want to forget us. So we make sure that people aren't going to forget us. So mm-hmm. Philly is very aggressive, but it's also very nurturing. Yeah. If they love you in Philly, they, oh, they love, love you. You ain't never got to worry about nothing if they love you here. So being from Philly and being from North Philly on top of that, um, it, 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 gave, it, it made me fearless in a lot of ways. It, made me, it, it allows me to take chances. I know no matter what, like as long as I'm authentic, and I'll mm-hmm. be fine. That's a big thing. People don't. People in Philly, as long as you're authentic, yeah. they don't give a shit what you do. They don't care how great you are as long as you're authentic. You're, you're your authentic self. So I try to keep true with that with trash pieces to be as be as authentic in, in my stories as possible. Yeah, no, no doubt. And like, and and for you, like, how do they help to shape the the stories? Because I know you're saying like this is like a character. Like, the yeah. Scene, so character. I think at the time, like, you gotta remember, like, at the time, like, um, Philly was like, we we talked about, you know, how Philly goes up and down, and, and that that point, it was a flex to say you was from oh, Philly. Was up. You, it, we we talking, we talking like, um, Beanie Siegel and State Property, PD Crack, you freeway. know, free like Freeway Eve, like you Philly's most wanted, like like you name it, like it was. You know, it was and then on the R&B side is Jill mm-hmm. Scott music. Soul Child mm-hmm. flow. She was living in Philly at the time. Like um, Bell the Harris fruits. and them guys and stuff. Yes. And, yes. Like it was a flex to be from Philly at that time. And we were kind of like our bravado was of that. Mm-hmm. So it was just, a, just to be out and about to be a, a coming of age during that time. It lovely. um it, it was it, being out and about amongst that is why I probably was out as much doing the ratchet things I was doing because it was such a flex to be from Philly during that time. We we even had um Toronto Zone. We even had Glenn Lewis. I yeah, think he, he spent some time in Philly too. Put out a, I think like a classic album. To be I honest, the album was fire. He slid through an event I threw like on the humbug. Just was in the crowd. I'm like. Like I, I stole an event um with a couple of friends called the Harvest. It was an open mic live event. Mm-hmm. He was just in the crowd. Shit, I'm like, yeah. And he, I ain't blow up the spot. He, he nodded back. He just nodded like, yeah. He's a cool dude. And again, he that was that album was amazing with that kind of influence amazing. of that neo soul sound. Yeah, amazing. And I, and when I met him a few times here, same thing. You're just in the cut, just chilling, just chilling, very just humble, chilling. real cool yeah, dude, real, man. real cool dude. But I, he he got a little that little piece of that Philly soul, I like yeah. to call it too. Absolutely, that need that that. 
And I, that's another thing that kind of like being from Philly, we know that we stand on some really strong shoulders and we have to uphold that. Almost yeah. everybody from Philly does some kind of art. If you talk to them, they if they're not a rapper or a singer, they do visual art. They play an instrument. They Everybody, it's just who we are as a people. It's such an yeah. artistic city. So we have to like uphold that too. Like so that the quality of your art, we understand that there's a pressure because it has to come correct if it has the Philly name. And that goes back to, you know, whether it's, you know, the Neo Soul era back into like the sound of Philadelphia gambling huff with, um you know, the Delphonic stylistics, the OJs, like we understand that's the level that we have to uphold in mm-hmm. Philly when you put your art out there. Well, that's tough. We bring it up gambling huff. I mean, yeah, yeah that's, like that's, we, that's a level upon a level. Teddy Pendergrass. Dude. Yes, Teddy, exactly. We, un- we understand that. Like, <laughs> we know who came before us and we know, you know, whether, you know, it's again, Phyllis Hyman, Hall and Oates. Like, we yeah. know these names. We have to uphold that standard. And then on the sports side, from Dr. Oh, J to Iverson to Barkley, exactly. you know, Mike Schmidt, all you guys, like Reggie this, White. Like, it's Reggie a, White, yeah, 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 like it's a city that we, you know, this is big names and no, and you don't have to like live up to them, but you got to at least be your authentic self trying to achieve that. Right. Right. Yeah. There's the, I mean, there's levels to you make sure you, yeah. you, there's a status that you, you definitely want to keep. Absolutely. It's, which is, which is why I mean, we're, we're from Toronto, but this is what's kind of been happening here the last like 10, 15 years, yeah. especially with Drake popping up and mm-hmm. now all these artists are coming up all over the place and the sports scenes growing. And like right now, um, just on the sports side, like we got more players from Toronto than New York City, which is yeah. like back in the day that would have been that was unheard of when I was playing, completely unheard of. Yeah, know, I was but, brewing for a while. I remember it was this cat out of. I'm almost positive he was from Toronto back in the. I remember back in like the the DJ Clue uh, days, uh, Chaclair. Oh, Cha- yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, my yeah, man's yeah. was nice, yo. Like and he and again he held his own on those DJ Clue. Those um Green Lantern mixtapes back in the day, like his music held its Nobody. own. So yeah, I was brewing for a while, and that push through was crazy yeah. for Toronto. Yeah, yeah, him, Socrates, Cardinal mm-hmm. Official. They, yes. they, they had their, yeah, they had they definitely had their time. And for me, like coming through the states sometimes, or I'll go to DC and I'd hear like Socrates on the radio. I'm like, oh shit, like yeah, yo, we're like okay, they appreciate this here. Exactly. You know? If it's dope, like dope is dope. It's, yeah. it's that is that simple. Dope is dope. Now, you know, if there was any like protagonists or people who, who maybe were first skeptical of your series, was there one particular sketch where where those, you know, people went the other way or they were loving it or was it just all love from the beginning? I've gotten pushed back from Wendy Williams fans. <laughs> like, really? That's always interesting. Yeah, like <laughs> apparently Wendy Williams got some stands out there and I've gotten like, you know, some pushback. Like for those who've never seen Trash to Peace, like uh, Wendy Williams is a is a character, like the the Wendy Williams. She has her mm-hmm. own episode, like where she basically, you know, she played the shit out of me when I was like twenty years old. Oh, we gonna and, touch and, on that later. But go yeah, on. she played me, and so she makes an appearance in every single episode somehow, like just in the background somewhere. <laughs> so I've gotten pushback from her fans. Um, I've gotten pushback about some of the themes. Um, not, but, but when people realize, like, I, I don't. These are true stories, but I don't I don't use real names. I'm not right, trying to play right. nobody. Right, Once right. they realize that, it's like, oh, you're not like exposing somebody. Like, now nah, I'm just telling a crazy story, and, and even then, I'm like, I'm telling you the consequences that I face within this. That's not I'm not glorifying anything. Mm-hmm. Once they realize it's not a real person, it's not the real name, and I kind of mess with the the image a little bit within the animation, so it's, so people can't figure out who it is. Then mm-hmm. they're then they're chilling. But was there like an episode where where you saw like I know you said before like when you were doing the Instagram stories, you were seeing that. 
okay, this is how it was happening. But was there like when you started doing the animation? Uh, was there like a point where you're like, oh, okay, like this is this is this is really something I got I got to keep going with. Yeah. So, like you said, people people see a finished product and people see like like views now. Like if you if you go like I think you know a, a lot of them are in the hundreds of thousands. You know, most of them are definitely five. You know, uh, you know twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand views. Yeah. My first. 23 episodes none of them went over 1200 views mm -hmm. the 24th episode is the one that went viral really and it was a it was an episode about um this this girl this white girl who's trying to do like some um some race role play in the bedroom that i just wasn't with like just dropping m-bombs i think i remember that yeah i'm like yo who you like that's the one that pushed through really? that's the one where like some celebrities like was hitting me up behind the scenes like yo you wanted something keep going but, oh, wow. but it was like kind of a testament of um perseverance though like if i would have quit at 22 like yeah. hey nobody really watching this if i you know at 23 the 24th episode went viral and then the rest went viral after that so that was the one and then a bunch of like a bunch of um people on tv in, in the industry hit me up was like yo keep going keep going oh that's that's dope and you know what it reminds me of that picture of of, of the person like hacking like with the, with the pickaxe and they're hacking yeah, their diamond oh, yeah. and you know, and you you were like this close. Imagine if you turned around. Yeah, you know exactly. Like, that's ex that's exactly how it went down. Exactly and, how it went down. And, and was there a point in time where you're like, am I wasting my time? Like, is I might just, or did you feel in your spirit like, okay, nah, I know this is hard, but there's something at the end of this tunnel. So this is where it's good to have mentors, mm -hmm. because um, there was definitely times like uh, people don't understand how like with animation, like a six minute skit. A six minute episode could take me six days. Like, you know, we're talking, you know, we're eight, six, eight hour days of just nothing but sitting at the laptop. Mm -hmm. And after a while, I was like, am I, this is like a lot of freaking work, man. Like, and nobody's seeing it. But again, my one of my mentors was like, yo, it's not about like, yo, just keep pushing through. It's not that your work is trash. It's just the way the algorithm is set up right now. It's not you. It's Instagram. It's not you. You're building on YouTube. It's not like just keep pushing through and when you learn how social media works, it, it does kind of go, sometimes they're pushing video more, sometimes they're pushing different content. It's not on you. Yeah. So it, it really came a point where it's like my mentors kept pushing. It's like, nah, just keep going, keep going. And in those moments that I did have doubt. But that's why it's good to have them because I can lean on them. Mm -hmm. I could just, you know, I can lean and vent to people who, who've, who've come before me. So that was the that was the blessing in it. But it was definitely times I was like, I don't know about this, man. It's a whole lot of work and nobody's seeing this shit. And especially too, when you're like a one-man team at the time, yeah, right? Like that, I do it all. Yeah, the writing, the voiceovers, the animation, the screen, the um, the storyboarding. Like it's just me and this, it's me and a laptop and a short microphone at this point. That's it. <laughs> and and what's funny, you know, sometimes you hear like an artist talking about like they did a bunch of songs and they did an album or, or mostly it's a song, but they did a song where ah, you know, you you think it's okay, then all of a sudden that's the one that blows up that's and takes over the world. So that 24th episode, was that kind of like that for you? Or Yeah, I wasn't expecting that to blow. Yeah. Like I had episodes I was like, all right, this the one. And then nah, I didn't. But this at this point, I was just like, all right, I'm just putting out content. And at some point, something's going to catch on. I had no idea that, you know, I woke up the next day and it's like, whoa, what's that 80,000? I had never had anything right. like that, like close to that. Like, whoa, this is at 100. Like it just, the number, like I had zero idea. But the topic like really engaged people. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, you know. Let me let me fix some stuff. Let me, okay. let me, I fixed it, and I you know I tinkered with the um with the thumbnail a little bit. I I was working around like the uh, the 
the like the title screen, like the not the title screen, but like the the caption and all that, like just yeah. kind of tinkering with things, and that was the formula that I needed to get to to for it to help break through. Now, and I know you do a great job in terms of protecting like the identities and the characters, yeah. but do you get some backlash in terms of people who are being portrayed in your series? Like, what's the worst story you can share where where somebody just went off about like, you know, because they didn't like how they were portrayed, even though you're not using the names? So one of my friends, um, so just two two off the top. One of them is like was a recurring. She was she's in like three episodes. She's an ex girlfriend of mine. I don't use her real name, but um, her thing was. She did. I didn't get to her until like you know into the like you know into the maybe like twenty seven episode, mm-hmm. um, and hers just happened to be one of the ones that went viral after the the the, the racial play episode. shit. Yeah. Um, and she basically was like, "I was waiting for my turn. Like you didn't really. I'm glad. Basically, I'm glad you did this, but that's not how I remember it. And you made me out to be a monster. I'm like, nobody thinks you're a monster. You just was young and dumb." Like she felt really guilty, and like we 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 had a by that by that point we we had been friends, and I mentioned that in the episode. Like we're friends right now, we're cool. Oh. Um, she, she was like she didn't know she wanted to be my friend anymore. And I'm just like, you get over it. I got over you. You'll get over this. <laughs> and the other one was um a friend of mine who he has like a little mini series, and he just says the most ratchet shit ever. Um, in one of the episodes, he's like um. If we were like hit if you hit the lottery, what you gonna do? It was like Powerball was like nine hundred million dollars. He's like, what you gonna do with your money? And we all talking about. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna just buy all these bricks and flood the block with coke. And we like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> he just he can't turn off the hood. And so I put three episodes out about things, true things that he said. He said, and he just was like so mad about it. like why you trying to make me out to be crazy? And I ain't, I ain't no thug like that. And our other friends at the check, I'm like, yo, but you said that. Mm-hmm. So we we stopped talking for a while. Oh wow! But then he kind of just not not long, but then he kind of got old. He was like, "Yo, that shit was funny, though. I ain't even gonna lie, that shit was funny." He was in his feelings for a minute, feelings. but now we cool. Yeah, yeah. that's hilarious. I uh, <clears throat> was gonna say is, um, I, and I know like again, you know, I know you don't give up the names, but like anybody in your crew, like you know, when you do this series, what's been the feedback from from your guys? Oh, specifically Bruce. Bruce like Bruce is, is in a lot of episodes. Like Bruce is my best friend. Yeah, and he was my best friend growing up. He's just a. He, if I'm if this is Tombstone, I'm wider. He's Doc Holiday. He's just that dude. Mm-hmm. He, they <laughs> like that. Um, I'm painting our neighborhood. Like Philly has a lot of people. We don't. The closest we like Rashid Wallace is like you know from from where we're yeah. from. Mm-hmm. You know, went to like the neighborhood high school, but they're really happy that you know that i'm putting the block out there that i'm telling our stories and they remember these these are true stories like they remember these too so they're just happy somebody is telling the story and even when i kind of go back to hang on the corner a little bit i go down there just to say what's up mm-hmm. they're like yo nah you get out of here like we live in vicariously through you right now like go right go anime mm-hmm. get the hell off the corner like we passed this so they're very supportive but they've always been that way because again i always say i'm thug adjacent my friends was the thugs Mm-hmm. I was thug adjacent. I was just with them dudes. <laughs> and they've always respected that they never tried to make me do anything, be anything more than just a student athlete and then and then yeah. an artist. So it's been really good feedback from them. Now that's awesome too, because and you know, I never looked at it that way where you're just you're kind of documenting your past, right? Yeah. It's it's almost like it's like it's like the I don't want to call it hood hieroglyphics, but like <laughs> Yeah, but it's close, yeah. Yeah, but basically, yeah. right? Like you you you're basically scripting what what happened to your life. And I mean for somebody to look back and be like, yo, I remember that day. It's got to be on, like, it's got to be kind of honoring, you know, for themselves to watch themselves be played back in some of these characters, too. Right. Especially during a time where we didn't have like, we had cell phones, but it wasn't these smartphones. It wasn't 
you know, it wasn't we weren't taking videos and we don't we, there's no video documentation unless somebody had like the little, you know, the the the, the shoulder can, mounted yeah. joint or then like the little hand, but nobody can, nobody can, in the yeah. hood had that joint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um it's we get to we get to paint it artistically, you know, since we come from the era right before that became prevalent. Yeah, just just still pictures. That's that's the that best we got. It's very grainy. You know, in the in the in the little um club pics with the little back with the little graffiti or the, the little airbrush <laughs> backdrop, like we got that document in the time, but like not the videos. And so I think they also just love um like the like you said, the music is a big part of like this was the music that we listened to. Yeah. These were the, like this is what got us lit. You know, whether the, the drinks, the cars we drove. Mm-hmm. You know, even I'm very meticulous about um like the like making sure that um our block looks like the block that I'm animating. Right. I'm like how like a club look. That's how the club looked. That okay. means a lot to me that somebody hit me up and be like, "Yo, that looks exactly like that." That means a lot to me. So yeah, like be- you said it's kind of like hood hieroglyphics. I like that. Yeah, no, like, and that's. I mean, it's it's honoring them. Like I said, I think it's honoring your your peoples and stuff. I mean, yeah, for sure. I think that's that's really cool. And if you could take it somewhere where that ends up being like you know like really popular, really famous down the line, although it's already building towards that, then. I mean that's that's what that's what we're here for, right? That's what we're here for, that. 100%. Yeah. So um, I know you're mentioning like exes and stuff. Um, you know, what about your ex? Like, <laughs> in terms of the one that did the three part series. Yeah, we we cool. I, she <laughs> we cool. Like she she know she was a savage. Like she just was a savage North Philly joint. Mm-hmm. And um, like one of the episodes is how um, she's in like four or five episodes. Come to think of it, um. One of like like her um the one the first one that went viral like she her, you know we broke up because she cheated on me and mm. the dude she dealt with next ended up getting her pregnant and he had a baby mm. and this dude wanted to fight me and I'm like bro what are you doing like this just on some on some nut shit and putting that out she she didn't like that I put that out there but I'm like it happened yeah it, like. If you if if you say I'm lying about something, you you know maybe I'll go back. But that's nothing. I nothing I said is a lie. Right. So I don't. I think she's she's very fortunate that I don't say her name and I kind of made her character look different because she was. Tra- she's a great woman now. Mm-hmm. She you know she's a good mom. All that good. We good friends. We do good. We, we we do business. But she was just trash back then. So she kind of hates that it's out there. Um, and, and this is the one. Just to be clear, this is the one that ended up. Um, Cutting her hair and and changing her whole, her whole. Oh no, that's the lightning bug chick. I haven't lightning even talked bug. To her. That's okay. That's yeah. Right. No, no, I haven't talked to her. Um, that was so. I put that story out there for me. That that and, that's a three part special. Yeah, and, and not and not to cut you, I was watching that shit like it was fucking Crest or, or Dallas or not slapping That's, the, that's I, what it trust felt me, like. man. I I was like watching that shit with like popcorn. Yeah, like that was that was the first that was like my first little attempt at not at not trying to be a, a comedy, an animated comedy. Yeah. That was like a three part dramatic, uh, dramatic um, series. And, and it was and I did it like that just to kind of show that, again, I'm a big dude. I'm a massive human being. But we kind of go through domestic stuff, too. We go through abuse. We, you know, whether it's physical or uh, verbal, emotional, emotional yeah. we go through this, too. So I wanted to put that out there to say, hey, men also kind of go through this. And if my big behind can go through it. Mm-hmm. Then you know, other men are going through this too. But I haven't talked to her. Thankfully, I haven't seen her. I haven't. I haven't seen her <laughs> since maybe 2011. Thankfully, like it's God is good. God yeah. is good. Got to move that negative energy away. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man. She was that. She was wild. That was like the. That was like the only. Like that was an abusive relationship. Oh. Like it was really brutal. 
I'm, the, the the good part is like she's Muslim now and she wear, and she's garbed up like she wears the you know the the kimar in the mm-hmm. in the in the veil so I might have seen her and don't even know as I, I said God is good I might have seen her around Philly I had no idea it was her she, she's calm she's calm now but yeah. I think this is what I was talking about offline before where it's like you know and I haven't really been in that situation can't say you know what I mean but like I, I would say like the the whole thing of just like this being relatable because that's like i said that's what first got me like a, a shout out to my friend norris but he was the one that at first sent me your 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 your, your series and i remember mm-hmm. i just started going down a rabbit hole because i think there was the first one we saw was the one where i think there were just you were taught you went to some i don't know if it was some weekend i don't know if it was um uh, something in Virginia, but it was something. Uh, something. Black College Week, BC Black College yes, Weekend. Yes, BC yeah. Black College Weekend, and and I remember we were, uh, we were me and my boys are rolling because we used to go to DC heavy like during, mm-hmm. during that early two thousand. We had some friends that was living there, and so all that kind of just made us remind us of like those moments. And I was like, oh my god, like this guy's. I know you know you living in Philly. We're in we're in Canada. We're in Toronto. You know, some of us from Montreal. But I was like, oh man, we we did this. Like we yeah. this 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 story is us. The parasitical jeans, the slouch yeah, socks, and them, these DC shit. girls were very noticeable. Like I used to be, I used to love me some DMV women. Oh yo, my so I feel you. Who didn't? Man, they <laughs> were just everything. DMV women, they, that was a weakness. Who who didn't? Uh, what, what one of my favorite sayings that you have is, you know, thug adjacent. You just mentioned. Yeah, I need you to explain for the people that that may not know that term who's watching what exactly that means. Yeah, so I, I, the, the the thing the thing that gets mistaken in the hood. Is that if you're from the hood, you're like uh, like a hood dude, and it's like not, nah, it's like some regular civilian cats that just navigate through the hood. Um, again, I was a student athlete, and but but my dad, my my dad was in a gang back in the day, and I grew up with all his friends' friends, and we like thirty deep on Lippincott Street. Yeah. So a lot of them sold drugs, a lot of them did way more nefarious things than selling drugs. But I grew up with them, so I would still be with them. Like I was in college or I was in high school playing basketball, but I would come always come back to the block to be with these dudes I grew up with, oh. who were just some real thug dudes. I wasn't a thug, and you're I was the, and next you're, to them dudes, and you're the big dude, like yeah. you know, with them. So they probably thinking, oh, you know, he's clicked up and doing this shit with them too, but. Not, and that's the thing. But but the thing is, like in the hood, like if you back in the day, if you played ball, you got a pass. Like nah, 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 him. Yeah. He got a future. Or if you was like there was a um a kid in Corey in our neighborhood who was just who went to like the, the best school in the in the state. Like no, 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 leave Corey alone. Like he not about that. Like he he just walked past the corner, nobody messed with him. And like so, while he wasn't a corner kid, I was still a corner kid. I was still out on the block. I was still doing dumb shit. But I just wasn't a thug. I wasn't. I didn't live the life that they lived. So. I, I would never even try to say that I was like some tough guy yeah. or I was like a shooter. I, I wasn't. That's not who I was. And, and, and when that stuff was about to get popping, they'd be like, yo, peace, slide off. Like, this ain't for you. So I will always honor that and not try to pretend I was anything more than I was. Because yeah. if nothing else, Philly will call you like, bro, you was, come on, man. That's not what you was doing. You was out there, but you wasn't busting no guns. Mm-hmm. So I will gladly say I wasn't selling nothing. I wasn't shooting nothing. But I used to be with those guys all the time. So I always say thug adjacent. Or I know some people say like hood adjacent. So I was thug adjacent. Like I was yeah. next to him. I was next to the thugs. <laughs> and, and 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 we relate in the sense where like the student athlete did because and that's the thing I love about that era too, is just because there's rules to it, man. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like there was there was definitely rules to it. Like, yeah. you know, like meaning like, you know, guys would leave you alone if they know you had a future and whatever it was. Yeah. You know, especially for sports. Yeah. Like, you know, basketball, like I remember even being here, it's like, you know, I like I'm from Montreal originally, but moving to Toronto. 
um, you know, you get to know some guys and stuff. And sometimes you get to get to parties and, you, and when shit's about to pop off, yo, see. Slide. Yo, yeah. Go home. For you. Go yeah. home. You're like, all right. You know what it was. Say less. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> out of here. <laughs> yeah, you got to no? say the word. I'm out. I'm out of here. But they, res- they always respect it. Even as we get older, it's like there's still that love. Because it's all about respect, yeah. right? It's all about respect. You respect what they do. You know, you're not to get in their way. And they respect your future and what you got to do. So they just, you know what I mean? So there's always yeah. that love there. You know what I mean? I, I tell people all the time, I just, like the my friend, one of my friends now, like he's back home now, but he's now did like 12, 14 years in the feds. But before he went away, um, I was like lying about doing poetry. Like I would just, I would go down. It was this dope spot in Philly where like Jill Scott and Black Thor and all like uh, Black Ice and all them got started called October Gallery. And on Fridays, I would go, I would lead a corner and I would lie to my friends like, yeah, I'm about to go see this girl right quick. I'll be back, y'all. But I was lying. I was going to this poetry spot. I didn't want them to know I was doing poetry. So um, I did this for like months. And this one day I'm like, I'll be back. Y'all. I'll be back in a little while. I'm going to go see this girl real quick. My friend Nell was like, yo, P, you know, we know you do poetry on Fridays. It's cool, man. Like, it, we don't like you're good at it. Go do your thing. We'll come support you. I was lying for no ass reason when like just thinking that I had to pretend like I was this player. Not that I wasn't at the time, but like, I, I couldn't say I'm good. I had to use, you know, being hypermasculine, hypersexualized with women to hide the fact that I was doing something that I love when I never had to do that in the first place. Mm. So I always tell the story about like, they were so supportive off rip of me being an artist. Like, we don't care. We love you. Go do your thing. We'll see you when you get back. That's cool. Now, you know, especially being Thug and Jason, how'd you even follow the poetry? What made you go, what what made you go that lane? Especially, you know, being from the quote unquote, the North. Yeah. From North. Um, I, so my mom, my mom always had me like write. My, I was reading and writing at a very early age, and okay. so shout out to my mom for that. Like she, she always like you know she introduced me to a lot of poetry, and she kept me like you know when if somebody had to do one book, if we had to do one book report for class, she'd make me do three. Like she just had me writing all the time, and so I, I would you know I would write little poems and stuff like that in elementary and a little bit in high school. But when I got to college, and I wish this was a do- I wish this was a better story, but it's just not. Um, I had a I had a um. I was a history minor and I had a medieval history class that I hated. The professor was just trash. And I, what we noticed is if you pretended like you're writing notes, he would never call on you. Mm-hmm. So I would just keep my head low and write poems in class so that he would never call on me. Next thing I know by the end of the semester, I got 60 damn poems in this in this in this book. Mm-hmm. And you know, I started showing it to people and I started doing shows on campus. And when I get back to Philly again, this is the Black Lily time. This is Joe Scott. This Badu is in town. You know, like the solar cranes are in town. So it's the height of the neo soul. So it's open mics everywhere. So I'm like, let me get it. Let me. I got embraced by that by that culture of like, hey, listen. At the same, you could see like um, a rock band, a black rock band on stage, and right after that is music soul child or um the jazzy fat nasties. Right after that is a hip hop cipher. Right after that is poet. So during this era in Philly, if you were dope, that's all that matter. We they didn't care what kind of art you did. And I was a youngin when they were doing their thing, but I was really embraced by the OGs and the old heads at that time and. As soon as I seen, then I, then when I saw um the movie uh Slam with Saul, I heard Saul Williams speak. I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. Wow! As soon as I, I saw, I heard Saul Williams. I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do with my life. That was it. That was the motivation for you. That was it at that point. Like I'm like, wait a minute, we can we allowed to do this? Oh, I'm doing this. Like that was mm-hmm. it. I knew I wanted to be an artist at that point. I didn't know I would pivot into screenwriting, but I, um, but it's all writing at the end of the day. So for you, when when you you know when you're doing your poetry shows, was there is there like added notoriety now that you got you know from Trash Piece Theater? Like, is it or, or, or is it or is it like two separate worlds? It's weird, um, because like a lot of um, 
and I've been doing poetry since in Philly since 2000. And, you know, so I'm 22 years in the game, 23 years in the game with poetry. Wow. But I've only been doing, I've been animating since uh, 20, 2019, 2019. Um, right and so, like, people, are, like, people will come to, like, a show and not know I'm a poet. They just see I'm po- I posted that I'm going to be somewhere and they'll just show up just to support me. I don't know you did poetry. I'm like, my name is Vision Poet. But they only know me from animation. And then I get people from, you know, the um, I get I get hit up all the time from poets like, yo, I was listening to this thing and I heard this voice. I recognized your voice. I didn't know you did animation now. So it is t- it's like it really is kind of two different worlds that that are trying to like collide right now. And it's been very it's been weird, but it's been very supportive. They're like, oh, you, you also do this thing. That's kind of cool, too. So like that is it's really weird. Like people would expect me to go. I'm not I don't go on stage and tell fuckboy poems. If they're expecting that, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> and my like, my poetry doesn't always bleed into my animation, so it is kind of two different worlds. Okay, but people do recognize it now, where it's like, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point now, where they're like, okay, oh, that's Vision Poet. Okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm gonna start doing um like you know I'm gonna start doing screenings and stuff like that, like live animation screenings, as long as as well as you know go back on the road on poetry. Mm-hmm. So we'll figure out a way to make it make both keep making both worlds collide. Yeah. And, and how much pressure do you do you put on yourself just to get these shorts done? Like, like what's the process for you? If you can explain just to take us behind the curtain just a little bit. Yeah. So I have a list of um, stories that I want to tell. Like, you know, I have a long list and they always come up really an organic conversation. I'll be talking to Bruce. I talk to my friend Danica or something. It would just be I'm like, yeah, that happened to me back in the day. Like, you got to tell like, you got to you didn't tell that story. So like. Just having regular conversation among you know how this is amongst your friends and something mm. something comes up from back in the day, so like that's where the inspiration for the episodes come. But then when it gets technical, like, um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I might be like storyboarding and writing. Ooh. Then I'm, you know, um, putting everything putting everything together takes another two, three, four days sometimes. So it's literally all week for like a seven minute, seven minute short. So it's again because. It may take me an hour to do something that's one second, but it's a transition, so it, it it has to be right. Yeah, it has to be right. And then I'm such I'm such a stickler, you know. Um, if you if you look like you know, most of my animations have different like different outfits. You yeah. don't really see that in television. You know, it's like you know, Beavis and Butthead. I love me some Beavis and Butthead, but they've been wearing the same outfit since '93. <laughs> um, Homer Simpson, same thing. Like mine, like I, I I'm. I'm such a stickler of trying to like make sure that the clothes match the era. And then it's not, it's not chronological. So one year might be the year was Nellyville. You know, the next year is the year was the things fall apart. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just trying to figure out and be authentic to the, um to the clothes and the music and all that. Like that takes for seven minutes. It'll take me six or seven days. Oh yeah. The, or, or the year was college dropout. That yeah, type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's all, I never really say like the year was, um, like the, a number yeah because how i remember years and the music that's how i remember like you know i know what i was doing when equimini dropped yeah. i know exactly where i was when reasonable doubt dropped or good kid mass city dropped so like that for me music is such a indicator of era and in time that i always i always use music it's the, the book it's the bookmark for our lives man 100 like, you know, yeah 100 like when yeah. you especially for hip-hop and I know hip hop's having its 50th anniversary this year, yeah, and yeah. you know, but when you when you go through like you think of the greatest moments of the, or the, there's you know I I remember where I was same thing where where uh, where my dogs had dropped or mm-hmm. you know or what we do <laughs> you know what yep. we do dropped and you're like yep. oh my god this this song sounds insane 
you know, or, or Beanie Siegel, and you yeah. know when they when they dropped um oh my gosh, what's the remix, man? They um oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember the song. Rock the mic. It was there was a yeah there was a rock the mic there was um I think it was a freeway one. Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the song. I can't remember it right now, but yeah, but but I know their era was. Yeah. You know what well, the rock was huge man so like oh my I, god in philly it was like we had i can't imagine it was crazy because again before that in philly the roots have always been a staple and the roots are so respected in philly um but prior to that you know you it was like steady b and cool c who had the, who had like national recognition kind of street stuff the, you yeah. know like street yeah you know like it was you know the youngsters it was like dry you know so that was like such a big thing when it was like at the same time as eve beanie oskino sparks young guns pd crack freeway like at the same time it was you know it was it was so huge to be from philly like like we could just hear our our people on the radio all the time like that was so great yeah but but it really is a bookmark for your life though we all we all you know knew we were with college dropout drop yeah well, even things fall apart too. Things fall yeah. apart, like made like even the the guys who were really into hard shit, like oh, this shit is fire. Yeah, you know, this, and, that, this and that was the beauty of it. Like I, I was looking at this thing the other day. It was like um, all in like the the stuff that fell all in one year, and it was like Equimini dropped the same year as um as Hard Knock Life as BMS, like like over and over and like, fun like, and like, yeah. And, it, and it, you could grab three CDs. Like the, the CDs used to drop on a t- um, on a Tuesday. Tuesday, you go to the record. You go. You go to the little Tower Records or whatever. And your homie buy um, DMX. You might buy Jay. The other person buy you know Outcast. Then you burn each other. Burn shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole now we got we got it. You know what I mean? Because we mm-hmm. all gonna be in the same car anyway. So now mm-hmm. we all got it. And it was the same thing with music. I mean, with um with R and B, like Joe could drop the same day as Carl Thomas could drop the same day as Donnell Jones. So. Mm-hmm. It was a golden era, and I and I think about um this joke from the office. Uh, Andy Bernard's like, I wish people would tell us when we're in the good old when we're, when we're in the good old days so we could mm-hmm. appreciate them. And I look back and I'm like, I think we really took it for granted how blessed we were artistically. That music was just so good for so long yeah, and so really abundant. Was, it really was, and and everybody remembers their era as the best era. But yeah. You know, I, I think for myself, I got lucky because I saw Jill Scott. She came to Toronto, did a free concert with Most Def. Oh, and, damn. <laughs> yeah, she did a free concert with Most Def. And it was literally about a month before her first album came out. Yeah. Words and Sounds. And I remember being like, watching on stage, I remember being like, wow, like this this girl's going to, I'm glad to see like she's going to, she's getting her shine. Because the whole thing with the, um, the song with the roots and, you know, Erica yeah. Badu took her spot yeah. and. So you're like, wow, this girl's about to do her thing. And then that album just went to outer space, especially yeah. with the poetry and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So for you being from Philly, I know this is like this is this question is off the cuff now, but like music soul child, Jill Scott, especially Jill Scott, being that she's a poet and all that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Like how much did that influence you? What was your impact when, you know, words and sounds dropped the first time or like, you know, I just want to sing drop the first time? Oh, man. Um so just let it be known like we, we look at jill as like this celestial being and she kind of <laughs> is she just floats wherever she goes she's so dope and warm but she a whole hood john from north philly we from three blocks away oh wow really yeah she from 23rd and lehigh i was i was born and raised i, I mean i was raised on 22nd and in, 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 um in indiana okay. which is that's literally two blocks up one block over wow. so she from my hood 
So being so it's one thing, the poetry was one thing, but it was also to see like this person who comes from my neighborhood, like literally, I probably, you know, I, I was friends with somebody on her block. So I didn't, I didn't know her growing up. She's a little bit older than me. But like this, just to have that was was such a beautiful thing. Like, wait a minute, she's she hood, but she's not like it ain't like she rap, but she's doing her thing as like this North Philly girl. So when that when who is Jill Scott took off, like I was blasting that everywhere. Cause again, it was poetry. It was like, it was a little bit of go-go in that joint. It was so dope. And again, she was, it was so Philly. Yeah. It was so Philly. And people from Philly, we don't care if, we don't care who you are, like, whether it's like rock, rap. If you represent Philly, like we go hard for you. Like it's just, it's such a prideful city. So uh, when I just want to sing him, I was, was a, was a whole different level. Cause I'm like, he from West Philly, but like this joint is, is different when, um, you know, again, Flo, they're from London, yeah. Um, but they were living in Philly at the time. And you could just see them downtown. That's the one thing people don't understand. On a Tuesday night, it was a it was an event called the Black Lily. And it was supposed to start at nine, but they never start before 1130. Um, <laughs> but on any given night, you could just walk up there and Music Soul Child will be like trying out a new song. Badu oh, wow. will be in the back fucking levitating whatever the hell she was doing. Like Philly was just the place to be. <laughs> You know, um, they jamming Jill Scott, like you know, doing runs. Jaguar Wright's doing runs. Quest Love is on the drums. Wow. Black Thought is uh freestyling to somebody's, you know, adding a verse to somebody's thing. It just was a crazy time back then. Like on any Tuesday night, you pay your five dollars to get in, and it was like five dollars, five dollars, my guy, five dollars. But also remember, this was like this was like everybody was like on the brink. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Ja- uh, Jasmine Sullivan was like. 14, 15 back then and was crushing it. You know, wow. Kindred, the Kindred, um, the family Kindred, soul yeah, was yeah. big. Yeah, like they were like a big thing back then. Like it was so like, just again being walking on those hills. I'm like, yo, number one, not only is this the um is this great art, but you're showing me there's a path to do what I want to do and make money off make of money. That was beautiful. Well, I think the Jill Scott thing is important. Sorry, I, I said words and sounds. I was who is Jill Scott? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure, yeah. Sorry, yeah. But but yeah, but with her, I think it's important because just the poetry. I knew some poets mm-hmm. back in my time too, like some close friends at the time, and they used to reference that album all the. That what was that it? was like that was like a paradise for them, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm like, but I'm like, yo, for me, I just love the music, but yeah. I respected the poetry side. I used to go to some shows, mostly to chase women, but hey, I used man. to love, you know, because <laughs> there used to be a lot of women at, at least it was in Toronto. Oh my god, it was just dumb, but but um, but no, but like. That album to me was like, wow, that was like you, those both worlds collided. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people didn't even peep game. Like if you listen to Love Rain, it was a poem. Like she sang on it, mm-hmm. but it was a poem. And a lot of times we're hearing spoken word and don't don't realize it. Like even on like a Quimini, if you listen to um Spody Odi Dopalicious, they're doing poetry. Yeah. That's poetry at the end of um of liberation. There's a poem on the end of liberation. On college dropout, Jay Ivy does a poem oh, on "Never Let You yeah. Never Let Me Down." Yeah. Like there's been poetry spliced in there. Carl Thomas album had Malik uh, Malik Youssef on there doing a poem. It's Bilal had poems on his joint. Like shout out to Bilal. Like we mentioned a lot of Philly artists, but I think Bilal might be the most underrated. Um, just oh. his voice is just crazy. Um, poetry has always been a part of this, but sometimes we get like you said, the beat is so dope and the flow is so crazy that we don't realize we're listening to the spoken word and not rap. Not not R and B. This is spoken word. I forgot Bilal's from Philly. Very yeah. un- one of the most underrated artists. Yes. that voice is just, it's, <laughs> unreal. It's dumb, unreal. It's dumb. It's dumb. Like just 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 off the top. But yeah, like I said, it's it's 
like that album to me was like it, it kind of really represented that those both yeah. worlds could really collide and people could really appreciate it for for what it is. And I know yeah. back in those times too, at least for me, I discovered like just at least going to shows, poetry was big. I didn't realize yeah. how big it was even in Toronto until like going to some of these shows and I'm like, damn, like there's hundreds of people at this shit. Yeah. Like, yo, this is this is huge. Huge. You know? But it's always been like a kind of underground thing. And maybe that's where it, you know, it it, it was cool. You know, it kind of peaked out with Deaf Poetry Jam. It peaked out again with Brave New Voices. Right. Um, it peaked out again with um verses and flow. And maybe that's what it needs to do, you know, go bubble a little bit underground, become really, you know, be, you know, just let everybody learn, let everybody grow, let everybody like find a way and then get a little bit commercial, go back. Like so maybe that's the best way for it to be right now. Okay. And I don't have a problem with that as long as, you know, everybody's it's so many dope young artists right now. So I'm I'm ho- I'm looking forward to like what what the next iteration of this is going to be. It's going to be, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know I got some random questions. So like out of all these stories, you know they're all like your babies. You know when mm-hmm. you create something, w- which which of these are among your favorite stories? Unless unless you do have a favorite, which one of these <laughs> like stories that you put out are your favorite? My favorite story is the very first story I've ever told, and I told this story on AOL in the AOL chat room the night it happened. Wow. Um. It was the hotel story, like we um, we yeah, <laughs> it was like the be- It was such a good lesson. We went like our favorite hangout spot was the Stinger, and for whatever reason that night, like it was no men there. It, it was like twelve to one, twenty to one women to men. It was just the greatest night ever. That sounds we, awesome. Oh my god, it was great. Like what? And we get a phone call. Like Bruce gets a phone call. Like hey, listen, it's a whole, it's a lingerie party down at the hotel, and ain't no men there. And we was just like, do we leave the women here? We out. Lingerie, you know, we, young 22, 23-year-old mm-hmm. Vero, we out. We get down there. It was like some older women that we wasn't ready for their level of perversion. And they just had their way with us and chased, again, a 12 or so thugs, one thug adjacent person running from these older women whose sex drive was way bigger than ours, chasing us down hotel lobbies <laughs> into the parking lot, trying to rip our clothes off. And again, like this, we get back to the block and these thugs is like, yo, don't nobody ever tell nobody that this shit happened. So I went home and said, I went home and typed it out on AOL that night. I had everybody cracking up, but I never told like the story verbally to anybody. Mm-hmm. And that was like 2001, maybe. So it took tw- 20 years later, I ended up telling the story online. And that's my, that's my favorite one to tell just the story about how greedy we were. We swore we was these players and we ran into these women who were just way more player and way more horny than us. And they had they they tried to they tried to ravage us. And it was a good lesson learned. Bird in the hand. Stick they, to where you was at. They, yeah, no doubt. And they treated you guys like you were the Jackson five. Yeah, they really did. But they treated it was a good lesson also because they looked at us how we were looking at women. So we got a taste of our own medicine of just like they just wanted to have their way with us. And they was just trying to do anything to get it. Mm-hmm. And we it was interesting, like the, the tables had finally turned on this band of, of young fuckboys. And we learned our lesson that night. <laughs> I love I love telling people that story. Yeah, I mean, and, and what's it, what's been what's which ones do you say you get the biggest feedback from the best and biggest feedback? Maybe not the biggest, but like the best feedback from the best ones. feedback I've gotten is this episode I told about um how I lost my virginity. And it was um it was interesting because again I, I it was th- some issues around consent and not like you know nothing crazy, but I was like um almost threatened into like hey listen we're gonna have sex so I'm gonna tell everybody that you was scared that you were scared to have sex and it's gonna ruin your reputation, so I did it and you know so I told the story it's, it it's, it comes out a little funny because it's the the anxiety of that 
But a lot of women hit me up behind the scenes and said mm. that they sit down with they sat down with their sons to watch that. Really? So that they can show, like, hey, listen, your your body is your consent. You consent means something for you too. And I don't think a lot of young men were taught that. We were taught, like, hey, listen, get as many bodies as you can, fuck as much as you want. And if you and if you're not on that time, you're not a man, specifically back during that era. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women sat down, like, like hit me up behind the scenes, like, yo, I really sat down with my kids and watched this this particular episode. I don't let them watch this stuff. We watched this one together. So that was a really good fit. And I didn't set out to be that way. But it was really cool that that was the feedback. And we're talking dozens of women hit me up and said that. No, that's I didn't even think about it from that perspective. But yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a real thing, right? You get pressured as guys yeah. to do, you know, certain things. I mean, you know, and we're from that era. So like, you know, I guess we kind of used to but looking back on yeah. it. You're like, yeah, you put yourself in some compromised situations sometimes yeah. just because yeah. of pressure. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, like, that was like a. It was two mortal sexual sins for, to when you, specific if you was a man, but specifically if you was a black man back then. Mm-hmm. The like the one was being a two minute brother. If somebody's found out that you checked out the game early, your oh, reputation your name was, was ruined. Yeah. That was it. You get that reputation, it's over. <laughs> and the other one was if you was afraid to have sex, so you couldn't. Mm-hmm. And again, I was like an this athlete, the captain, of, like this starter on the basketball team, this popular guy who was still a virgin his senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. So she didn't know that. So I had to pretend like, you know, yeah, you know, I get, I get it in, girl, I'll blow your back out. Lying ain't never blown out a goddamn thing. <laughs> but, um, so just telling that story, like she said, I got, that was really cool to have women hit me up specific. And then guys also hit me up. was like, yeah, you know, I was afraid my first time. So if I can't, if, if I don't have a message in what I'm saying, I don't feel comfortable having an episode, just a fuck boy tells for the, for the sake of it. Like, nah, I don't want that. I want to be able to have conversation afterwards. So the conversations that I have in my DMs or my email afterward, that's the stuff that that matters to me the most. And that probably was that's the one that sticks out the most. That episode sticks out the most. I I, I think mine is uh, the the I watched it recently again, just prepping for this, and I was laughing. The um, it was one of your stalkers that was I think there was the one that was it was almost like a magnet stalker. I think she came. She was. She came from somebody. She was somebody else's stalker. She oh. came to follow with you, <laughs> yeah. and then started singing in the restaurant yeah, like that. You know, that that happened. Rolling. I can't believe. I, I look. I think about that a lot. I forget. I knew her name. I'm not gonna say her name. Yeah. Um. I forget what I called her in the episode. Now I don't want to mess up. But yeah, she was. Uh, um. She had some mental health issues. She was stalking a friend of mine, another poet, and he kind of like passed her off onto me. Like on purpose, he passed her off to me like little bum. I, I cuss him out about this all the time. But yeah, she lit- I was with my girlfriend in, in IHOP and she literally she was she came in the restaurant with two older gentlemen and literally was singing Britney Spears to me from the other side of the of IHOP. And it took I had to like hold this five foot eleven North Philly girl back from whipping her ass in the middle of IHOP and so we don't get arrested and I can't like that really happened. <laughs> That, that's the crazy part. That actually happened. And I still see her around Philly every once in a while. And again, she has like, um, I'm pretty sure she's paranoid schizophrenic because uh, sometimes she recognizes me and sometimes she she doesn't. she doesn't even like she's another person. So mm. she's I would say she's harmless, I think. But that definitely happened. She so was like obsessed with me for a while. Way. Yeah, let's keep it that way. But you know what's scary though is funny is as black men, as big men, you know, we you know, we joke around about, you know, mm-hmm. women you know, stalkers and stuff, but I've I've had a situation where I've had that. I've had some friends that's had that. Yo, it's a little scary. It is scary. It's not it's not when when you can get a guy scared, especially a big guy scared. It's yeah. it's not it's no games right over that over that man. Like you get you get a little nervous when you see that stuff happening where you're like, yo, she's here again. Yeah. Oh shit! Like yo, she's here. Oh my god! You know, and then it's 
some of it is you don't even know how to defend yourself because if it's a dude, I know it might have to come to blows again. I'm not a tough right. guy, but I know how to defend myself against another dude. Mm-hmm. When this is, I'm six foot seven, 300 pounds. It's five foot two, 118. What I'm supposed to, she swing on me or she act, she start acting. What I'm going to do? I can't hit her back. Like there's a, like, that's not going to fly in court. That's not going to fly in public opinion. It's like, yo, this can ruin my, your actions can ruin my life. And I have to just sit here and accept it. So I'm going to sit here and look like if this is somebody recording, I'm going to sit here looking like a sucker. Or I, I defend myself and something. Has, so it's very scary because you don't know how to react in those situations. It's just, I don't think a lot of men talk about that. No, it's, it's, it's a real thing. Like I had, um, well, I'll tell you quick two stories, but, uh, but uh, I had a, uh, one of my friends who recently passed away. He, um, he had a stalker that was like, it was so bad that one time we was at a club and getting it in, we having a good time. And he saw her friend at the club. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, we leaving right now. now. <laughs> he was like, yo, I don't <laughs> I want this girl to show up. She <laughs> called it, you know, she calls Blase Blah. And now she's showing up here at this club. He's like, we leaving right now. I feel and, and we were trying to talk him out of it. And he was already out the door. We had to leave because he had the car keys. Nothing to discuss. We out. Yeah, we had. It was, so we're just like, all right, man, let's go. But I was like, damn, like it has you shook like that. And then I had a situation where um, and I didn't even nothing even happened with the girl. But um every time i went out somewhere she would see me and it was innocent but she mm-hmm. would she would see me in the clubs and, and all of a sudden every time i try to talk to somebody all of a sudden it was like one of those cartoons where you turn around it's like wow she's closer than before you turn back around you're like whoa what the hell she's right behind me you know and, and, and then it got it got to the level where it got so bad at one point i i went on a date with with some uh, with this girl and at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, she um her friends were there at this movie theater. So I'm like, Jesus uh. Christ, what's the movie from there? And we're talking, and all of a sudden, the date that I was with at the quarter mile, I see her jerk forward. So I'm like, You okay? And she's like, I think somebody pushed me. So I turn around and this girl and her friends, I just see the back of the heads and they're breaking the corner. I'm like, yo, did she shoulder my date? That's are crazy. You, are you kidding me? So it, it got to that level where I was yeah. like that's okay, scary like this 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 is like it's got physical <laughs> yeah like she showed him my date and yeah. i'm like and i never even did anything to this girl you know imagine if i did yeah i'm like how, how, how worse would it get but the lightning bug chick like i wouldn't i refused to date for like a month like almost like a, like a little over a year because i was like so afraid to bring another woman into that chaos of being yeah. at the time she was stalking me like it, it messes with your psyche like you know you don't you didn't want to the last thing you thought that day was like, you know, this this woman going to put hands or try to put hands on my date. Like, imagine if she was a little bit less, you know, a little bit more unhinged and mm-hmm. wanted to fight this shit. Like, that should lay on that shit. Put that lay on your mind. Like, yeah. I don't even want to put somebody in this situation. Let me let me try to get her right first. So let me try to, you know, fry it off the storm first. So I feel you on that. And it's almost like you had to detox. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One hundred. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Talk about the my story, man. <laughs> this really happened like um i still have the um the the badge from that night uh mm-hmm. so it's a big event in philly called powerhouse um it's like the biggest concert of the year and my my dad's friend um he does like the sound so he would get me into like he sets up all the speakers and runs the soundboard and everything so he would just get me into the shows for free and i would work he would pay me to just like check up on the, the speakers and shit on like mm-hmm. do little errands and Maya's on stage, like Lil' Kim Maya, Carl Thomas, this group out of Philly Ram Squad. Um, 
a bunch of other people this, this one night. Mystical was there, and Maya's on stage, and she does her set, and she's she and she leaves, and she's backstage, back like you know, back in the on the back ramp, like not in her room, on the back ramp. She's sitting by herself, and I'm like, "Yo, good show! Like you killed it." And um, she was like, "Thank you," and I just walked off, you know. And she was like, "No, seriously, thank you." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Let me so I slide over there, you know, start mm-hmm. talking to her. And at the time, you know, uh, Wendy Williams was working in Philly as a, a, on Power ninety nine, and she 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 crawls up out the depths of hell <laughs> and sees me talking to Maya, and grabs her and is like, "Yo, why are you talking to the help?" And that shit just destroyed me, yo. I never forgot about that. She like just literally dragging Maya back up the ramp, and Maya was like, "I'll see you at the after party, right?" And I'm like. Yeah, but at the time I couldn't go. I wasn't old enough. I think it was like 25 to get in that night. And I was only like 21, 2021. Yeah. 20, Either way, whatever it was, I, I wasn't old enough to get into that part. Right. And I never seen her again. I always say, you know, she probably wasn't. She was just being nice. She probably she probably doesn't remember this. But, mm. you know, you don't say nothing. Like, I remember that. That happened in 2000. So I'm like, all right, I finally have my own platform. I'm going to be petty. Yeah, I, I, be, I would too. I would be petty. I got, I I got a platform. I'm going to be petty. It's like she really said that. Like, that shit devastated me and she said it and she was loud so a bunch of other people oh, heard wow. it It wasn't so we're talking like this is packed backstage area um a bunch of other people heard it and i and I, carl thomas felt so bad for me that he invited me he, he felt he was proud that i tried to crack on maya to he was like you took, that took balls but he, he also felt bad that my i mean that wendy williams said that so he he like i hung out with him for the rest of the night because he felt so bad for me that she was that she was that loud and drawn <laughs> Well, at least you got some sort of a con- it, consolation prize I, out of it. It was cool, you know, and, and it helped my confidence. You know, it helped my confidence. And again, my, I always say like Maya was like a sweetheart. Like she probably she just was being really nice to like somebody else her because you know everybody else is older. It was just we were like the two youngest people backstage. So just somebody you know somebody who gave her a compliment when nobody else talked to her. Yeah, you know she was really cool. And you know I was gonna shoot my shot. She probably was gonna you know the Kimbe Mutombo that John. But it, yeah, it's cool. you you never know, man. She might have popped the alley you. She never you know. Ne- you never know, and we, and we will never know because Wendy ruined it. Wendy ruined it, man. So now every she, single episode is that there's a um it says Wendy is trash in some kind of language. Signs and stuff yeah. on a sign and the signage in the background, or it'd be a fa- a picture of Wendy Williams uh, face like on a tra- on a trash can in the background somewhere. So every single episode is like a an Easter egg to find out where I put Wendy is trash. See, I'm West Indian. I'm from the, I'm like I got Caribbean roots. I would I would have loved to cuss. I know you couldn't because you're working <laughs> for your uncle, but I know yeah. you a part of you must have wanted to just rip her a new one at that point. I wanted to because even prior to that, she had smacked my hand. Like she, when I was in the backstage area, she was walking down the stairs. She had like, these big platform shoes on, and um, and my dad friend Bruce was like, "Yo, you know, help her down." So I reached out to grab her hand, and she just she literally smacked my hand away. Wow. I was like, "Who the fuck?" Like by, again, I'm not gonna say it. I'm working. I'm young. Mm. She's like every she she's known. She's world famous. Yeah. So I ain't say nothing. And then it just got even worse with the whole with, with the other thing. So I wanted I wanted to the North Philly and me wanted to so bad, but it's like I'm working, she's famous, uh, this ain't gonna look right, like security gonna throw me out. I ain't gonna basically look him. A whole bunch of stuff played into my little 20 year old mind. One of your homies definitely would have lost the job that night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One hundred percent for sure. Now, now, random question. Have you forgiven Wendy Wendy Williams? Especially when you see mine, she still looks good. Oh my gosh, she Still looks, looks amazing. Good. Um, so yes, that's the thing. Like, I don't hate Wendy, and even when she was going through the stuff, like when she um, when she was uh, she got sick, 
and then she went through the stuff with her husband. Yeah. Like I gave her a special shout out in the episode during that time. Like, hey, listen, you know, this is all fun and games, and I'm just being petty. I don't actually hate her. Mm. Um, but what she did was still foul. Yeah. What she did was foul. And I know she's seen it. I I, I know I, I know two things. I know Maya has seen the episode because mm. I, I one of my friends is his her brother is Maya's personal assistant. And so he's oh, okay. seen it and shown it. So I know for a fact she's seen it. She's seen it. And I was told by one of her co-hosts back in the day. Um, he saw it and he sent it to her. Mm. So I know she saw it too. So she ain't reach out and say my bad yeah. and nothing like that. But it's cool. Like it, it really ain't no hate. It really, it really is. And I don't have no ill will towards uh towards this. But I'm gonna be petty and it's good yeah. for content. And every week would, look for I her face too. on the episode. Look for her I, face somewhere. I would too. This it's like the Easter eggs, it's hilarious A- when I every, see. It. And it's a cool little throwback to like the day ones. Like, you know, people are gonna get that. Like the, the the people who who were around for that story, who've seen that story, they'll get it. And then it's a, a bunch of people like always seem like, yo, why do you? What's up with this Wendy thing? And it's like you got to go back and watch the episode. <laughs> It'll all make sense, I promise you. Is, is is there any potential nominees that that you can see that that could be you know one of the fuckboy gods? <laughs> so for those, I do like I have a um a list of like every once in a while like I um an episode I'll need guidance so i pray to the fuckboy gods mm-hmm. and right now as it's you rise to the fuck boy heaven you rise you rise you raise up and you go up there and it's uh it's a, a, a character i created early on called fuck Nigamus, who's like the 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 overlord of all fuckboys but underneath him is like future and drake and nick cannon and janae Iko and kevin samuels made an appearance in one episode where he wasn't like a fuckboy guy but he was like yeah. fuckboy council um <laughs> So I, you know, this, this is a lot. Shit, this is a lot. Um, the, I think the uh, Derek Jackson, the yeah, internet Jackson personality, was was inducted to the fuckboy, uh, to the fuckboy gods. He always getting kicked um, out. Yeah, like he he's always because you know he always pandering in the episodes. Um, that's a good question. Um, it's, it's it's such a hard level to attain when you like when future is the standard. Like that's hard to to uphold. So. I'm I'm, ta- I'm gonna be taking nominations going forward and, and for for new fuck boys. Okay, I'm I might gotta I I think I might have a local one for you. A word. What about Tristan Thompson? Oh, Tristan! Th- oh, hell yeah, Tristan Thompson! Hell yeah, <laughs> absolutely! Like he's like the he's like the lieutenant of the city boys. Like he is <laughs> captain of the city boys. <laughs> hell yeah. Oh, what was it? Robin Thicke made an episode uh, because, you know, the fuckboy shit he did, you know, mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Paula. Um, who else made it? Uh, Donnell Jones made an episode because of uh, Where I Want to Be is just yeah. a fuckboy anthem. Like, you can, there's no way around it. It's a classic, though. It's a classic fuckboy bop. Um, but yeah, Tristan Thompson is uh, first first ballot Hall of Fame <laughs> fuckboy. No doubt about it. <laughs> is, is, is the Titty City couple still together? As far as I know, um, the last time I checked, you know, I know they, they got kids together, so if nothing else, they got that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, the last time I seen um, Cornell, like they were still together. That's probably one of my favorite episodes, actually. Yeah. That was I, I've never. That shit was crazy. Like we, me and me and my friends talk about that all the time. Like for those who haven't seen the episode, like my friend Cornell just literally we were outside, like he was trying to talk to this girl, and she had some really big breasts, and he was like, "Watch me get." I'm like, "You ain't gonna get her. You ain't gonna get her." He just looked at her and said, Titty City. And she was so taken aback. All of us were like, Yo, what the fuck did he just say? And she's like, don't ever disrespect me. He just cut off Titty City. 
And the more she would get angry, the louder he would get titty sin until she started laughing. And once he got her laughing, then he it. started saying that was it. They, they, they walked off together talking. I can't stand you. You're so goddamn ignorant. And he had her. And that was it. Then they, they were together. All off two words. Like I couldn't believe that happened. That is, a, and and multiple kids later. That is funny. Mul- yeah, multiple kids later. All, and I mean, that's not a story you want to tell at Christmas with, with your no, kids. No, no, no. You, you got to you, you, you got to lie and you tell gotta, your kids something different. You got to Disney that up. Yeah, you, you got to Disney that up. <laughs> you can't do that. Now, I, I've never been to Philly, so I, I can't speak to the club scene over there. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the only thing I can I, I know about is the Stinger, just from watching the the yeah. series. Um, but you know, I've been to DC. I know you've been to DC mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I, I know what the club scene was like in Chocolate City. At least I know some of it, at least in, in that era. Yeah. Um, and, and I know you guys aren't that far from the DMV. Did, did you guys have anything over there that was equivalent to Club Dream or Love that was huge back in the in the days, back in you know the early and mid-2000s? We had a couple joints. Um, Gotham was really big. Vegas was really big. We had a mm. joint called Babylon. My, this episode I'm working on now is, is about this club, Babylon. So again, Philly is a little bit different. Philly a little bit more gritty. Okay. Um, DC, DC is really cool because you'll get the grittiness of DC, but it's still like a federal city, so you'll get like some yeah. classy, a little bit of. So it it, it wasn't makes. like that, but like that would be that would have been our equivalent. Like, but we used to go like Philly people would go down to to dream for the night. They just go down, book a room just to kind of go down. And I, I know you must have been to dream at least one yeah. time in your life. You already know. You already know it, 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 the name apropos. Listen, man, it's the first time in my life where I felt like I wanted to actually sleep over in a club. I never yeah. felt like that before in my life. I wanted yeah. to sleep in the club and just wake up the next day and just waited to come back to Saturday night. Like that, 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 yeah. that, that, that was on, that was unbelievable. Eight to like, I felt like four to one, five to one. Like it was, it was, yeah. it was paradise. It, it really was because you, again, you have the grittiness of DC. You have, um, you know, the people, the, the transplants, the young transplants who are there to work in the federal. Then you got Howard. Oh, you got U of M right outside. Like, the, it George used to Mason. Crazy. Oh, my God. It used to be so crazy down there, John. Yo. So, yeah, like we, we would just take, we would we would travel down. And again, the DC girls was just so much different from Philly girls, too. So okay. it was like a little break for us. Okay. Yeah. I mean, very, very approachable. Sometimes a little too approachable. Yeah. Too, a little aggressive on both sides because there's some. Crazy stories you've ever been to Chaka City. I don't know if Philly's like that, but you know, going to Chaka City, I know that some of the stories sometimes you're like, you're like, wow, like it's over aggressive sometimes too. I got some DCs. I definitely got my this. I got some DC stories I need to okay. put on the list. Yeah. But um, but the first time I ever like, first time a woman ever bought me a drink was in DC. She just sent me a drink from across the room. And I was like, the fuck? Like, what's that? What's your angle, lady? And she just was she macked the hell out of me from across the room, just bought me a just sent the bartender over. I'm like, yo, this. This ain't never happened in yeah. Philly, and it never happened afterwards either. Yeah, she, she, that I like it was just it was different. It was different. Yeah, For, first time, first time I got bagged was was I like to say was was in DC, and I was joke. and I was I was looking around like, is this am I a candid camera? Is this a joke? Yeah, that's how you feel. Yeah, especially when they look different. good too. You're just like, like that's okay, the part. Like, you're like, nah, this is this is this 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 is a lie. This this can't be real. We look like what, what's all right. What's what's the catch? Yeah. What's the <laughs> <laughs> this is different it was way different so shout, yeah shout out to dc shout out to the whole dmv yeah that absolutely and um you know one of, one of the last things i'll ask you before you go is uh for you like how how far do you want to take this series like where do you where do you see this series i don't want to put years and times on it but like yeah. you know where, where do you see this this series going forward 
Um, I, I'm, I'm actively pitching it right now. Um, I, I think I have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to remember that as I'm pitching it and like, like, like trying to play the Hollywood game for anybody who's doing that right now, who is trying to attempt to do it, has is thinking about hopping into it. Be ready for rejection, and and you got to have tough skin. Yeah, because it's the rejections are, are no joke, and they're constant, and they're over. And and it's like you got to remember that it's not you. It doesn't mean that your product isn't good. It means it might be the timing. It might be you don't have the right team. It might be the package. It could be a bunch of things. So for me, I'm being patient with that. Um, and I'm trying. Like I'm actively pitching it, and I'm I can see I have it developed in a different way, but very similar. Yeah. Um. To like to put this on a streaming service, to put this on a network, to put this on, you know, whoever whoever wants to do right by it. So like that's I'm I'm actively trying to find the right fit for it. And in the meantime, like this is like a, an announcement. Um, I have another series that I'm in development with right now that I've completely. It's in it's under the trash to piece. Uh, it's in the trash to piece cinematic universe per se. It's under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. But it's completely, you know, it's a completely different animated series that I'm going to be working on and releasing. And it's not shorts; it's 22 to 30 minute episodes. OK. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm actively working on that. And at the same time, um, I'm trying to I'm looking I'm looking forward to being able to voice and write on other people's projects as well. So I've been in conversations with some folks who have shows um, actively right now on Hulu, Showtime. OK. Um, Paramount and um, Netflix is trying to hopefully work on one of their seasons as well. Because I, I love voiceover yeah. and I love being able to write. Like I love screenwriting. So while I'm waiting for the right fit for Trash to Peace, that's that's the that's the trajectory I'm going in. Working on a side project, a full length thing. So the Hollywood can see like I'm not just this guy that makes, yeah. you know, shorts about his life. I can create a whole different world. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to write on other people's stuff as well and bring other people's projects to life. And that's the th- that's the th- and that's the thing too, right? Like, especially that game, it's all it takes is one yes. That's it. That's all I need. Yeah. All it takes is one yes. So you can get a thousand no's, but that yep. one yes that's destroys, just levitate, you know, just levels the playing field. And I look at people like Quinta, like Issa Ray, mm-hmm. like right. Michaela Cole, who that's all they would that's all they needed. Like I look at like again, three beautiful black women, like showing the way right now like they're my inspirations yeah. um like you know Issa had um you know awkward black girl and was trying to pitch that and eventually you know just is trying to get that into the right situation and not taking no dummy deals and um that ended up turning into insecure and she's doing a bunch yeah. of other things like Quinta started out with the shorts on and on the internet her little funny her little tiny funny self and that turned into her true story with Abbott yeah um Michaela Cole telling her story with you um I may destroy you and not taking any short like they off they like Netflix wouldn't even give her a percentage of her show when she just sat she stand pat and then HBO BBC ended up you know giving her a piece and paying her more by just her standing her ground with 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 her baby mm-hmm. so like I, that's been my inspiration like you said I only I only need one yes yeah you just need that, that that one and that's the funny thing too and we're we're in the era now of like being educated more about like ownership yeah. You know, owning your content and like that's really important and streaming and everything that's happening from podcasts to shows and what yeah. you're doing. And, you know, it's, it's it's really important. So standing your ground is like it takes a lot of fortitude, a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 and sometimes you want to give in and take that offer. But sometimes, you know, you look back and those are the deals you hear 20 years from now was like how this person got effed over because yeah. they signed the wrong deal. And, you know, yep. trying to, you know, maybe not have that patience and. 
You know, it's 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 crazy to see. I, I, it's funny the that last episode of Insecure when she did the um, the wrap up, like the episode where she yeah. did the wrap up and the behind the scenes stuff. That was inspirational. Yeah, that was really inspirational when it comes to like what you're doing in terms of just and then the way she kind of paid it forward for everybody else. You know, like that's that's the thing you love to see and to think that just came from a from an internet short series like kind of what you're doing. Like, yeah, you just don't it's, know where these things go. It's been again like like 100. They they're my inspirations. Like I look at them. I look at I look at creators um, who took a while. To, even like like Squid Games took seven years. <sighs> The Sopranos took 10. Ten. They sat on the Sopranos for like they denied the Sopranos for 10 years. And it's the most one of the most iconic shows ever. So I look at that and I'm like, all right, I ain't trying to wait 10 years. Like that would suck. Yeah. But in the meantime, it's like I gotta, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue to create. Like I, I got one job to create. I can't, I, I don't know, I can't control with the with the algorithm. I can't control whatever the industry mandates are at the moment. Like right now. I, like uh, existing IP is really big. That's why you know we have Wednesday and and Velma and all these great kind of spinoffs and reimagination. I can't make uh, you know trash the piece into existing IP. Yeah, you know um, the Rick and Morty thing is really big. I can't I can't make trash the piece in space. Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. What, right. But, right. <laughs> but I can create something a little bit different. And this new series that I'm working on is kind of like uh, it's kind of like that, and it's it's pushing me in. In, in ways and I'm trying to figure that out because I'm like yo this shit took me three weeks to make a 30 minute episode 29 minute episode so I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure that out but it's it's been a beautiful process and I'm, I'm grateful to be going through the process like I always say like I'm on Hollywood's porch they ain't let me in yet but I'm on the porch I can hear the music I'm seeing people going in and out people <laughs> dapping me up on there hey what's up Biz? hey what's up can I come in nah not yet I'm on the porch I'm on the porch sitting I got a little drink in my hand they ain't let me in yet but I'm, they gonna let me in eventually Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the stinger. You go, you you go get in. You go get yes, in. I'm gonna get in. Like I'm, I'm planning to let out right now. It's cool, I, and I and I'm I'm happy with that. Like I'm I'm grateful for the position that I'm in because a lot of people don't even make it this far. I'm not That's content, true. but I got a lot of people like fighting for me behind the scenes, and I got a really cool team. And um, I'm on the porch. I'm on, I'm almost I'm almost in. And and what's amazing too is you know you know the, the this the last thing is like you know when we talk about like goals and dreams and different things. It's like you know everybody has this thing about like. There's, people are so afraid to go after what they really want to do. Yeah. And sometimes it's like you realize when you get to where you are, where you're on the porch looking in and seeing everybody eating chicken and stuff, and yeah. you, you know you're about to get that piece. You want it in the corner. But when you, yeah. when you get to that point, it's like it's like you realize, you turn around, there really isn't that much people, which, like, and, and I mean, yeah. like, in terms of doing their thing, in terms of wanting to follow their their dreams and stuff or try to go to those extra levels and have that courage and take that fortitude to go the next ways, you realize there's not a lot of people there. It's not. So, so it's like, so it's like you're you're th- or or you're thinking you you're you're amongst like a million of people that you're you're trying to challenge, and it's like you realize there's not that much people that you're battling with. Yeah. You know. So it, I think that's the part of it too. And, and a lot of it, and for me, I'm like I know right now I'm in my own lane. Yeah. Like there's nobody really doing what I'm doing. Right. Um, like there's animation, but nobody's kind of telling it to like it's no. I don't know anybody else who's doing like you know something. Some 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 era pieces with hip hop involved in the storytelling. How I do it with animation. I don't know anybody that's doing that right now. Uh-huh. So I'm in my own lane. So I'm like, I gotta remember that too. Like I'm forging something new. Right. You know, it's like an amalgamation of like the Boondocks and How I Met Your Mother and the Goldbergs and all these things kind of like meshed into one. That right. I gotta. I'm in my own lane and I'm forging my own way. So that's gonna take a little bit more time. Yeah, and 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 I mean, as long as you're okay with that, then the yeah. success is gonna come. 
it's gonna come. It's, it's cool. And like, I think a lot of times in general, people we don't we, we we're so busy, we're so focused on where we want to go that we don't see how far we've come. Yeah, you know, true. I never, I didn't start out with this like, hey, I'm gonna try to pitch that. I got this idea for Hollywood. Like, nah, I was just telling funny stories on the internet. You know, I was just that. That was it. Next thing I know is, you know, Tiffany Haddish and Anthony Anderson are all following me and, and forwarding my wow. stuff and comment is forwarding my stuff. And it's like, oh, shit, like I'm onto something here. So, and and uh, a film festival later, you know, um, American Black Film Festival, Comedy Festival, Black Star Film Festival. I never thought I was going to be screening in film festivals. I, I didn't even consider that. Yeah. You know, now I have a manager. I have one of the biggest management uh, companies in L.A. that's backing me. I never thought that was going to happen. I didn't I didn't set out for that. So we have to take a step back and see how far we've come over the years. Yeah. So like, wait a minute, like you you didn't have this last year. I appreciate it. Keep your eye focused on where you're trying to go, but also like enjoy the scenery while you're here as well. That's true. That's true. Look, always look back and, and appreciate what yeah. you have behind you. You have to. You have to. And it humbles you like, hey, listen, I'm ambitious and that's cool. But like, remember how far you've come, and, and like, like, don't forget that you didn't have this last year. You've made progress. You've made mm-hmm. progress. That's awesome. Well, brother, I don't, I don't want to keep you too much longer. But man, listen, man, I, I appreciate you coming on the app podcast and Happy sharing your story. I'm a big fan of of your series. Appreciate so, that, bro. You know, so just just having you to, to to come and do this, man, is 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 great. And some of my peoples that uh, like a group of us follow you, like we, like I know they're gonna get a kick out of this, but. But no, but but for real, like thank you for for, nah, for doing for this, sure. man. Happy to be a shout out to Toronto, shout out to Montreal, two of my favorite cities in the world. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I love my I love my peoples up north. So shout out to y'all. Oh, and before I go, have you come for Caravana yet? I I was at Caravana. The I was on tour when when Caravana um was going. It was the first night of Caravana, and it was so lit. And the one thing that made me laugh was nobody believed I was from Philly. They were like, you're from Toronto. You're just lying to try to get laid. I just show women my fucking license. Like, nah, I'm actually from Philly. <laughs> it was a bunch of Toronto women saying that shit to me. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, people do that? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you don't even know the history, man. You don't even know the history of guys. Because back in the day, you know, when the American guys used to come, especially when you guys had the whips, Especially uh-huh. the bling era, the bling era with the, yeah, with the, yeah. with the two, with the Tahoes and the Yukons and the twenty fours and, and the twenty fours and shit. Yeah, that blow out our Honda Civics, man. So, <laughs> oh man, so so guys will start coming in and they, they, you know, they all of a sudden it's like, why you sound like you from Brooklyn? What's going on here? You know what I mean? Try try to pick up. So yeah, so you got the backlash of that. Now. I got the backlash of that. I got the backlash of that. So yeah, I've been to Caravana. I've been to uh, Montreal um, Jazz Fest. Like I, Montreal's like if, if I could, I would move to Montreal tomorrow if I could. Like it's my favorite place to be, and I and I get flack all the time from my Toronto people, but I, I absolutely adore uh, Montreal. Yeah, and yeah, shout yeah. out to all my Canadian, my, my Canadian fam, especially all the uh, the black Canadians. Like y'all, some of the coolest people I've ever fucking met in my life. Appreciate that. Thank you for taking in the latest episode of the Av Podcast. I want to give a special shout out to a talented brother, Vision Poet, for coming through and just sharing his story and and just having some jokes with us. You know, for those who aren't quite familiar with his work and want to follow along, and even if you are and you may not follow him on your socials today, let's change that. You can see all of his content and his entire animated series on his IG, Vision Poet. Go to at Vision Poet, as well as the second IG site, at Trashterpiece Theater. Trashter, T-R-A-S-H-Ter, Peace Theater. (laughs) All right. Um, and you can also hit up the Trash Adjacent Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can dive into his YouTube channel as well, at Vision Poet. Very entertaining. 
he's definitely on his way. All right, so go ahead, check out his work. And check out SashaRav.com for all things SashaRav, including all versions of this episode. And wherever or however you're taking in this content, please hit the like and subscribe buttons. And as always, click the five-star ratings. I appreciate all the support. And follow SashaRav on IG as well, aptly named SashaRav. For Vision Poet, this is Cal C. And you just tuned into another episode of the Av Podcast on SashaRav Radio. All right, until next week, gone, peace.